Hello, welcome to the You Can Try podcast. I'm Penny Wilkin from You Can Coaching. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people who share my passion for swimming, cycling, running and triathlon, as well as anything in between. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Michelle Dunn, and we're going to talk a little bit about training when you're traveling. So before we go any further, Michelle, tell us what you've been up to. What sort of training have you been doing? So it's winter, which isn't the best time of year for me because I've got a strong aversion to the cold. So any training I do now is a, is a tick in the box, is a good thing. But my running's getting better. I'm getting quite into my running. I'm getting some good running time, still doing little walking intervals, working with that. This month I've pledged to run 50 miles with some friends who are also doing that. Uh, pledged to do yoga every day because we're all locked inside and I'm not moving enough. I'm just trying to get that bike out whenever I can. So the weather's been a bit nasty, hasn't it, here for a few weeks. So um, I actually haven't been outside on my bike since before Christmas. So probably looking at three weeks now, actually, I haven't been outside, which is a little bit unheard of. So I've been getting on the turbo, not like you. (laughs) I've been uh, sucking it up, getting tough and getting on the turbo. And I've even done some of my long rides on the turbo. I've done like two hours 40 two hours 45 on the turbo so i didn't quite make it to three hours because just various things start to hurt when you're indoors in a different way than they do outdoors but uh no i was quite proud of myself for getting that long done and um you can be a bit more focused on the turbo than you can outside so i actually felt like i worked a bit harder so actually perhaps it would be a good thing for me to keep doing occasionally a long session on the turbo like that uh i've been injured i'm still injured so i'm quite happy the pools are closed because i can't still can't swim this is my injury from the last lockdown where i just sat down too much and my neck and my back locked up and my arm still hurt so it must be like when was the last lockdown in november so am i like six seven weeks into this shoulder neck thing so um i've pledged to do my shoulder exercises every day so I've done six days so far, so I've only missed a day. But anyway, hopefully by the time the pool's open, I'll be fixed and we'll be back swimming. So enough about us, let's talk about travelling and training. So just remind everyone, Michelle, what you do for a living first, why you're such an expert at this. Well, I'm a cabin crew, so for uh, an airline, so I fly long haul. Uh, in normal times, obviously I'm not flying as much at the moment, but generally, you know, in a month, I'll probably be away three to four times in three to four different cities in any given month. So different time zones, different places, different weather. Cool. So we're going to share our tips for training when you're away from home, when you're traveling. So first tip from you, Michelle. So number one, plan. So before you go, Use Google. Google is your friend. So have a look at the city you're going to. um, See what's available, where you'll be staying. So find your hotel on Google Maps, maybe. Have a look for any green spots that might be near the hotel. So nice outdoor spaces, water, things like that. Look up your hotel. What's the hotel got to offer? Does it have a gym? Does it have a good swimming pool? Uh, What facilities are there? So try and do some research before you go. Um, so you've got an idea of what might be available and what you might be able to do before you get there. 
So then, yeah, so just building on the theme of planning in advance. So that's what I was going to say. So building on that. So think about the session that you want to do before you get there. So if you're going to go for a swim, think about the swim that you're going to do. If you want to run, think about how far you're going to run, you know, how long you want to run for. If you're going to do a home workout, you're going to look up online, get your home workout in advance so you know exactly what you're going to do when you do it. But we were talking a little bit about finding routes um, to run or cycle. And you had some good tips about how to find, you know, running routes. Yeah. So when you get to your hotel, particularly if it's one of the big hotels that's got a concierge, um, ask them. First and foremost, they know the local area. I find most of them now are familiar with being asked questions by runners. And a lot of the big hotels will even have a running map which often have a one, a two or a three mile loop. And they can sometimes give you on a little business card or a little fold up map so you can take it with you. If they haven't got that, they can generally just point you somewhere. Oh, go out the hotel, turn left. You'll eventually come to a park, you know. And even if it's not, because I've asked people and they're maybe not runners. I was directed to a park once and it was a teeny tiny little park. But it, it gave you a focus. It gave me somewhere to go. I maybe did a few laps of the park. I maybe did a little loop away from the park, but I knew by coming back to it, I could get home. Um, so just, and they're also good, obviously, for knowing the areas to go and maybe areas not to go as well. So take their advice. And also you've got uh, facilities online like Strava and Map My Run and people like that, where people post runs, um, people from a certain area. Look up those as well if you feel confident going out and doing your own map finding. So you could also always just download a route or something to your phone if you're going to take a phone mm. with you or um, your Garmin if it does some navigating. You know, you can do things like that. Um, but I'm often not all that organised. And, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't take a mobile phone with you or you didn't have a mobile phone. Uh, but I also am not that great at reading maps especially and I don't want it to interrupt my run while I'm running so the main thing I would do whenever I'm away from home particularly with running is just to run out and back so I would just go 10 minutes out from a hotel 10 minutes back 10 minutes in a different direction 10 minutes back maybe not even 10 minutes so you know you, you just um you know go in different directions or like you say you you know you get yourself to a park and then you go out and back from the park the only thing is I would say is to make sure you remember the name and address of your hotel, especially if you've not taken a phone with you, and especially if you're just going straight out as soon as you've arrived, because I did hear a story um, from another runner who did exactly that, went straight out from his hotel, didn't take a key, didn't take his phone, didn't have his passport, didn't have any money, couldn't remember the name of his hotel, and got completely lost and ended up in the embassy you know, trying trying to get help. And, you know, I have had a few moments myself, you know, where I, I've wondered, you know, which way the hotel was on. So, yeah, definitely just, you know, um, be mindful of a few of a few little details. And then well, some other things about running are um, that it's a good way to um, explore your local area and see some attractions. So look up some tourist things that you might want to be, you know going to visit and you know just going on a little bit of a run to explore your local area and like Michelle said it's good because it acts as a bit of a destination so any other okay so tips on routes and planning what's your next tip Michelle 
or be prepared for time changes and how they might affect you. Uh, so two in one here, time and weather. So obviously if you're flying long haul, be respectful of jet lag. You might think you're all right until you start exerting yourself. Um, so depending which way the jet lag is, you can either try and just work with your body clock. So quite often I've been running at like 11 o'clock at night in Singapore because that's maybe two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon to your body. Uh, and obviously their weather, you were to go running at two, three o'clock in the afternoon their time, 30 degrees, not ideal, particularly if you've come from the UK in winter. Similarly, in the other direction, if you're flying west, by the time you come to do the run, you can have been up several hours, maybe not doing a great deal, just waiting for the sun to come up and go out and maybe haven't eaten enough or taken on enough water, things like that. So be mindful of the time difference and how it, when you go out on your run, maybe don't set an expectation of how it's going to feel. You know, don't expect to do the same you might at home. Don't be disappointed if you have to cut it short or run slower or something just doesn't feel right. And like I say, you might be flying from the north to the southern hemisphere and you're not acclimatised weather-wise. So, and again, you might not think that's a big deal, but if your body's not ready, it can really let you know about it. Um, and I've done runs where I've come from the UK where it's been quite cold and my flights have been to America where it's really cold and I've got that kind of, I'm prepared for the cold and then I've gone to the southern hemisphere and it's been 30 degrees and my body just isn't ready. There's been no gradual build-up and I've been dead on my feet and nauseous and felt sunstroked and it's come at me from nowhere and when I'm a long way from the hotel. So it's not ideal. So just think about these things. You might not, particularly if you're not used to travelling. I mean, I'm used to travelling and I still don't think about it. I'll still get caught out. It does affect you more than you think. So be prepared for the time zones and the change in the climate. And I, I reckon one of the other things we both agreed on was about being flexible. Mm. So, you know, travelling is stressful. Sitting in an aeroplane for 10 hours is stressful, um, as well as the time zone changes and the, and the climate changes. And if you've only got a short amount of time, maybe you're on a business trip, you're only away for one, two days, and you want to squash that run in after you've landed... Bear in mind, you won't have eaten the best food on a plane. You will be dehydrated because long-haul flying, just the, the cabin altitude, the cabin air is dry yeah. as anything. You might have had a drink or two on the plane. Why not? <laughs> you won't be in the best shape. Really try and hydrate when you get to your hotel room. If you plan to run the next day, get plenty of water and rest. If you plan to run that evening, just be prepared for the fact you've been crumpled up maybe for eight, nine hours. And your body's not going to be in the best shape. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely good tips. And so, oh, let's talk a little bit about food and nutrition um, and training while travelling. Because you had some little tips about what time you arrive and what time you might eat, as well as things you could take with you. Yeah, so another thing with travelling is don't assume... If, if your diet and nutrition is very important to you or you have any dietary restrictions, you might be gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, um, you might, wherever you're going, you might not be able to get the food that you want or the food that will fuel your training, particularly if you're in quite a serious bit of your training regime and, and it's quite important. So think about what you can take with you. So for instance, if you're doing a flight that's going to get you in quite late, so you're not going to be able to get to a shop, 
or nor will you want to, but then you want to do your run in the morning, what are you going to eat? So think about, obviously these days you get little pots of porridge or there are things like powdered food like Huel or protein shakes with carbs, things like that that will get you through a morning. If you're really going beyond that and you want to, because again, sometimes room service food or places near the hotel might not be the best in some countries. Uh, have a think about things you can take. You can take little portable, they're called electric lunch boxes that you just plug in and you can put a meal into them to heat up. So if you've made any kind of casserole soup, chili, really healthy stuff for post run, really good. I mean, it might seem like a bit of a pain, but if you're a regular traveller, so like I said, I'm maybe going away three, four times a month, I don't always want to be eating out of Starbucks and takeaways for that. It's nice once in a while, but a lot of the time you just think, well, I just, I just want a bowl of soup. Yeah. <laughs> so it is worth considering if you're doing a lot of travel, but even if you don't want to go that far and they're not, they're not expensive, but even if you don't want to go for that, think about things you can put in your case that's good for you, that's healthy and they will at least fuel a run and post run or bike cycle, whatever hit session until you can get to somewhere where you can get something that so it's probably a good tip just to pack some snacks isn't it yeah you know whatever okay cool so that's a good little segue into cycling so what about cycling when you're away in other countries that's a bit trickier than running isn't it so the thing with running is you pack a pair of trainers and away you go and you're probably only looking for a shortish route relatively short cycling two problems more equipment needed and you're looking for further. Nobody's really going out to do a three-mile bike ride, are they? Not even me, who's not a big fan of cycling. So think about the country you're going to. Some places you can hire a bike when you get there because it will be a city that just has natural cycling routes. So the one that instantly comes to mind to me is San Francisco. It's a big tourist thing to pick up a bike in the city, cycle to Sausalito or, Mar or go further to Marin County, and then everyone gets the ferry back. Now, it might not be a training ride in the true sense of the word. You might not set any records, but it's a cycle route all the way. You're not going to be battling unfamiliar traffic that for the British is always on the wrong side of the road, isn't it? Which doesn't help. Um, and it's a good it's a good distance. And you don't have to get the ferry back. Obviously, if you're fitter than me, you can cycle back. I just, it's uphill back, so why would you? Um, so yeah, so look, look that up. Uh, and of course, if you're really serious about cycling, get a bike bag take your own bike um but bear in mind you're probably gonna have to pay to transport it so you really gotta love your cycling but if you're away for a week or two weeks why not you know so you did that one time didn't you you were in were you in new york i was in new york and you and borrowed was, my bike bag didn't yeah, you? yeah i was training for half iron man and it was a six-day trip i went to new york twice in six days and it was getting near to the time where I thought, I can't go a whole week without doing a bike ride. I just can't. Like, if it was a few days, you'd just run. And in New York, we have access to a swimming pool, so you can swim. Uh, but I thought, no, I've got to get a bike ride in. Who do I know who's got a bike bag? <laughs> so Penny, thank you very much, lent me a bike bag. And it was great. I took my bike to New York. You've got Central Park. It's a six-mile loop, so you just did loops. And again, it's traffic-free, full of cyclists. And it, it ticked the box. I do know someone else who did the same thing. And, and she actually managed to hire a proper road bike and went out of New York and, and you know, and did a decent ride. Um, but, I mean, it's not always going to be practical, is it? And it, it, it's quite a, a bit of a bind to pack up a bike and take it with you. So I would say 
is to try and plan your, your training a little bit around it. So if you know you're going to be away for 10 days or something, is to do a big cycling block before you go so that then when you're away, yeah. you, you can just do more you know run focused stuff or gym focused stuff or you might find a spin class in a gym or something especially somewhere like new york you might might you somewhere i'll do a drop-in rate we just pay 10 15 dollars and yeah so then again that was quite a good little segue you started talking about swimming so what are your tips for getting some swim sessions done when you're away so first and foremost keep fingers crossed that your hotel's got a decent pool (laughs) that's that's going to be your best bet isn't it um and even if they don't have so i go to some hotels that have what you would call a swimming pool and you can get some lengths in and i go to some hotels that have got what you would just call a pool (laughs) which is a pretty pool that you can sit around in the sunshine but you're not really getting any lengths in uh but then you can still do things and i think you've sent me sessions which are more techniques based so you're not don't think about swimming lengths use it as a time to swim a certain number of strokes but focusing on it so you might do six strokes this is what you do in some of your sessions isn't it you do maybe six strokes but focusing on a certain part so you're not training in terms of cardio training or strength training but I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this but I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong swimming is the technique discipline isn't it it's yeah so a lot of techniques so just focusing on technique for 30 40 minutes yeah, yeah, for sure, especially if you've got like a 12-metre pool or or something crazy. Um, I mean, some other things you've brought up is a pools of strange uh, lengths and strange sizes. Yeah. And usually I say, you know, things like typically sessions in the UK are set as tw- a 25-metre, you know, repeats, you know, 50s, 100s, whatever. But then if you end up in a 20-metre pool, I generally just say, well, treat that as 25 metres, follow your same workout as you would normally, and then you could do a bit extra at the end if you want to make it up or do a few extra repeats, you know, to make up the distance. You know, just keep it simple. Um, yeah, and, you know, you just have to be flexible, isn't it? Don't Don't be too obsessed with doing the exact precise workout but you know actually I was going to say the other thing I've seen people do is if they know they're going to a place where there is a crazy 10 meter pool or something and they know they're going to be there for a while is to take some um the swim bungees with them so they swim on a cord and in the UK this year with the lockdown lots of people have been doing that in their back gardens in big bathtubs so that's you know it's not ideal, but it's a solution, you know, to something. Another thing to think about with swimming, because I'm very much in the headset of the mindset of business travel, is a lot of you will be travelling on holiday. And if you're going to Spain or Tenerife or somewhere like that, the pools can get ridiculously busy, obviously with kids and families. Think about what time you were. You might have a really good pool, but at 12 o'clock in the afternoon you aren't going to be able to swim more than two strokes before you bump into a dinosaur-shaped lilo. So you might want to think about getting when you do your swim, because if you get in that pool at 7 o'clock in the morning, you might be able to get an amazing swim in. So you might want to think about that as well. And also, if you're on holiday, chances are you're going to be coastal. So thinking about open water swimming, you might be somewhere where you have access to the sea. Um, and then again, it's just a question of, a bit like other things, taking local knowledge. You know, is the swim sea safe to swim in? You know, is there anything you need to know? Is there a lifeguard? Just things like that, because that is obviously your other option with swimming, is to get out. 
but don't go into unfamiliar water. Yeah, and if you've got any inkling that you might want to swim open water, it's just to pack a tow float. And then, even in the UK, I, I would never swim anywhere without discussing it with a local. So even if I go to Devon, I'll just have a chat with, you know, the person in the tea room or the the um, souvenir shop or... Uh, I, you know, I'll just have a chat with anyone mm. local before I get in. So I would definitely say if you're in another country, if you're somewhere you don't know, you always check local knowledge if you're going to swim outdoors. Always take a tow float and you tell people how long you're going for, how long you're going to be. And if you've got a mate, ideally you just get a mate to, you know, watch you, you know, a little bit. But yeah, you always check local knowledge before you swim outdoors. And I think, because I think you'll agree, sometimes it's happened to me, I don't know if it's happened to you, but where water, particularly if you're down in the Mediterranean or somewhere like that, it can look quite inviting. Um, I was in Rhodes, which isn't in the Mediterranean, is it? But, it's, uh, but you know, it was a little horseshoe-shaped bay, beautiful, it looked like a mill pond, the clearest blue water you've ever seen. Oh, I thought, again, I'll have a swim there, swam out, swam out quite a way, turned around to swim back wasn't getting anywhere at all every time my face went into the water I was looking at the same patch of seaweed and you just didn't have a clue and if I'd have asked someone they'd have probably said oh that water's not as calm as it looks there's a current running underneath that didn't take advice and as it happened it was fine you know I eventually got back I think I swam across to the side and got out <laughs> scrambled up the cliff side but it was an eye-opener because looking at it it was it was beautiful <laughs> yeah no and i know I've, one of my other clients did the same thing in another country and got caught in a riptide and actually got rescued by fishermen so you know she was lucky so it, it is it is important to check you know your local knowledge so look on let's just talk a little bit about safety then as soon as we're talking about it so we've talked a bit about safety when swimming um, there's a little bit about running and I guess cycling as well because often in other countries the traffic is different etiquette of running on roads might not be appropriate Pave there might not be pavements everywhere so you know there's something there about checking your local routes and you know talking to the people in the hotel and looking at maps and you know getting local knowledge um, about where you're going to run or cycle anything else about safety that you think about in other countries yeah, and I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a big scaremonger here. Bad things can happen anywhere and, you know, so generally I would argue you're pretty safe. But it's just being mindful in some countries, for instance, what tech are you going to take out with you? Do you want to go out with... There's an argument for taking your phone from a tracking point of view, a map reading point of view, a being able to contact someone point of view. But it's a, to a lot of people, it's an expensive, desirable item. Do you want it? Make a call. Ask Again, ask the hotel, am I, be, am I quite safe around here? Am I okay without my phone? Am I better off leaving it? Same with visible jewellery. Do you really need to go out running in, in your wedding ring? And think about leaving things at home you don't need, particularly any conspicuous, expensive tech. Ask, again, like I say, ask concierge, is there any direction I shouldn't run? You know, is there anywhere I shouldn't go? There's one place I think that we stay, which is in Baltimore, and they're very good keen to tell you they go head towards town, run into town, run along the waterfront, don't go, don't go the other direction. And they're very firm about it, like, don't go the other way. Because they know, and they're not going to lie to you. Um, think about whether you go during the day or after dark. So, for instance, there are some countries, I think I mentioned earlier, Singapore, Hong Kong, because they're quite hot countries, 
uh, at certain times a year. They have a very night culture. So I know I can go running in those countries at 11 o'clock at night and there's people out running. It's busy. They, they live their lives quite late at night. There are other places, Sao Paulo maybe, Buenos Aires. I'm not going to go running after dark at 11 o'clock at night. I'm just not going to do it. So again, think about the culture of the place you're in. And culturally as well, think about if you're in places like the Middle East, is it appropriate for you to go out in shorts and t-shirts? So again, it's going to be re Middle East, you're going to want to go running late at night in summer because 40 odd degrees during the day. What are you going to wear, you know, depending on your country? Um, summer, okay, but you know, just, just things like that. Don't invite attention. And I suppose, you know, if you've got the time, it'd be better just to check it out for a couple of days and then do do some training, you know, figure out where is a good place and what time of day, wouldn't it? Yeah. But you might not always have the time or the luxury of that. Which So then you were just talking about clothes and things. So that, that um, takes us on to packing <laughs> and what to take. And So any tips about packing and taking things with you? Yeah, I've learned over the years, don't trust... Don't you, you, before you go, you have a look. Oh, I'll have a look. I'll have a look on, on the web what the weather's going to be. Look, consider what they say, and then put it to one side because there is nothing more disappointing than going, oh, I'm going to this place. I know there's a lovely run along the, the river. I'm looking forward to doing that. And the weather's always going to be 24 degrees. Wonderful. I'll just pack T-shirts and a short. And then you get there and it's absolutely pouring down. And although it's 24 degrees, it's blowing a gale and it's cold wind. And you've got absolutely nothing. And then you're like, well, I can't do anything now. So pack. You can still pack small, but just think about taking up layers. So take everything from a vest or a T-shirt, depending what you're like, and a long sleeve or a little windproof shell. Um, I think we can all put up with cold legs to a certain extent. But just think pack for not every eventuality you're obviously not going to pack from snow to heat wave but just that bit in the middle give yourself an option and other things you can pack are you know some of your gym kit so um just take some little bands with you travel yoga mat folds yeah. down quite small um if you're like me and you're permanently injured i've seen a foldable uh packable um foam roller recently that that, that scrunches down but i mean i just have a half-sized foam roller that will fit in my suitcase you can also get foam rollers that are hollow so you can pack inside the no foam there roller. we go yeah there uh, top top packing <laughs> tip so there are some little yeah pieces of kit that you can take with you that would help you to have a half decent workout you know especially if you're locked in your room so any final tips Michelle. I think that you've just said, you know, right now, especially as a lot of places people are going to be going, if you are still being forced to travel on business, because right now a lot of us aren't going on holiday. But um, yeah, you don't actually have to go out. You might be somewhere where going out isn't an option. And then there are just a ton of online workouts, whatever you choose. It could be cardio hip workout, body weight strength workout, yoga flexibility workout. You've got options. There's always a little space in your room to do something um and because a lot of places you go at the moment you're locked in your hotel room yeah, aren't you we are there's several trips we do where we are under room arrest and um, so my tip is if you think you're going to do a workout in your hotel room is to decide what workout you're going to do before you get there so look at the video find it online while you're traveling there so you've got a plan and you know what you're going to do 
it, you know, choose your clothes that you're going to wear, choose the music that you're going to listen to, so that when, when you get in your hotel room, you know, there's no negotiation, there's no faffing about going, oh, well, shall I do yoga, or shall I do a hip workout, or shall I do this one, or shall I do that one, you've made it, all the decisions ahead of time, going to make it a lot easier to get it done, because it is hard to do a workout in your hotel room, it's not motivating, is it, um, but it can be done. Yeah, I, I must admit, I find it I find it easier to go out and do something than to, to work out in a room, um, definitely. One last thing I would say is give yourself a break if you're a regular traveller as well. Like if you're just going on holiday, that's one thing. If you're a regular traveller, maybe as part of your job. One of the things you read all the time, and this is something I study with, is that if you're trying to set up a training regime, have routine because it keeps you me- I run on a Monday, I bike on a Tuesday, I swim on a Wednesday, I have Thursday off. Well, you can't do that. If you're pulling a schedule around going, oh, well, I can swim on Monday, but then I can't do anything on Tuesday because I'm like, give yourself a bit of a break that you're going to fall out of the routine. You, It's not going to become habitual. So there is kind of sometimes more of an element of forcing yourself to do it. And if for some reason you just can't, you can't. You've Coach got... Penny might disagree. No, That's no, the... <laughs> not at all. You've got to be a bit flexible. I did a video about this the other day, about how obsessive are you and is it getting in the way? So on the one hand, like you say, a bit of routine, a bit of obsessiveness, you know, day to day, you know, um, can be good. But then, like you say, you travel or something happens, your car breaks down or something like that. And, and you're if you're not flexible enough to adapt to it, then you can end up not doing anything. And, you know, particularly when you travel, for all of the reasons we've said, you've got to be a bit adaptable, mm. haven't you? Um, you know, and swap it around and try something different. And if you miss a session, well, you'll pick it up when you get home, won't you? Definitely. <laughs> of course, Coach Penny. I would never completely miss a session. And on that note... <laughs> yeah, cool. So, thanks very much. Um, always fun to talk. Have you got anything exciting planned for the week ahead? Well, no, well, technically I'm supposed to be flying this week, but in the times we're living, my flight's been cancelled on Wednesday, so it's exciting in that I don't know what I'm doing from Wednesday to Friday. I might get a trip, a mystery trip, I might not, but then Sunday, at the moment, I'm supposed to be going to Nairobi, oh. and I think there's a nice pool at the hotel, so fingers crossed for a swim. Okay, and some yes. sunshine. Wow, now I'm jealous. <laughs> sunshine and a swim, now there's some things we're not going to get in the UK for... A while. Months, I think. Months, yeah. So what have I got exciting planned? Not a lot, really. Just a bit of work, a bit of training. We're thinking about roller skating, so that might be my little lockdown project to maybe learn, to see see if I can learn a new skill, learn um, a bit of roller skating. Yeah, and I'm going to get back into the writing, so writing for the Dips and Chips Wild Swimming book. So that's what I'll be doing while um we're all locked down and while the world is closed so thanks very much good to catch up thank you i'll see you again soon see you soon that's it folks thanks very much for joining us we hope you found some of that useful and we'll look forward to you joining us on next week's episode <laughs>